Welcome to Tag Talks Happy Hour with Ajit Kara. One part small talk, all parts real talk. This is the part of the day when Ajit gets to know the people behind the job titles at Tag. Hello, my name is Ajit Kara and I'm the CEO of Tag Americas. I believe that every company's biggest asset are its people. And I'm very fortunate to work at Tag where I think we have amazing people. So I decided to do a podcast to really understand what makes them tick and who are the people behind the curtain, so to speak. Today, I'm delighted that I've got Duan Duan Chan. I've probably said that wrong, but I'm sure she's going to correct me when she gets to speak. Uh, she's an account director. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, looking forward to chatting to her. But as always, this podcast series is produced by Kaylee Stansfield. Hi, Kaylee. How are you? Hi, Ajit. I am well today. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. What's new in your world? What's new? You know what I'm doing at the moment? I'm making a list of things I should do before the weather becomes cold again. And right at the top of the list is roller skating in Central Park. Are you familiar with this? I know. Well, I know roller skating. Right. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, Woolman Rink, they open it every uh, winter for ice skating. This this year, for I think the first time, they've opened it up for roller skating. Oh. So it's real... 80 style. It's called Disco Oasis. They've got music curated by Nile Rogers, and uh, it's a thing from morning till night. You know, I'm a huge 80s music kind I of guy. I know. That's why I thought I'd mention it. Yeah, I'm going to. Um, I don't think I've ever roller skated. Oh, well, this could be an interesting challenge for you. Yes, I'll get my 80s attire out and um, give it a go. Fantastic. I'll see you there. Dwan, thank you for joining me and cheers. Thank you, Ajit. Thank you for having me. Wonderful. Now have a sip of the wine. Tell me what you think of the uh, sonse. Very refreshing. There you go. It's always nice to drink at work, isn't it? Yep. You've actually been with us for 12 years now. And I say that because you've had a pretty interesting career. Where were you actually brought up and where have you come from? Um, I was born and raised in China. And then um, I grew up with my parents and my older sister in Changsha. It's actually the central capital of Hunan province. I spent many years in Shanghai and then a couple of years in London and then finally I moved to the U.S. in 2014. Wow. And then you moved, what made you move, the original move from, you know, Shanghai to London? What made you do that? Well, I made a decision to take a big challenge which I think is the biggest challenge for me to complete my uh, master's degree oh, wow. in Central St. Martins and the University of Arts Linden. Right. And then after I finished my degrees and then I find a job at Tech London. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I was very lucky. Started as a senior art worker at H&M Studio. And you were then sent away, I guess, as tag, sent back to Shanghai. Yeah, that was um, crazy <laughs> things. Um, short after I started working at tag, and then my boss just asked me, say, I wanted to send you back to Shanghai. And then my instant answer was, why? No. <laughs> I just started working at tag, and then in London, I'm enjoying my life. Don't want to go back. Said, so, well, we're starting a new office in Shanghai, and then we think you are the person to be there and then help us to grow that office there. So Wow, and how long were you there for? I six years. Um wow. yeah. When I first moved there I was the fourth person joined at the sure. office. 
And then um, when I left, I think we grew about 40 employees there. As you know, um, APAC and China specifically is a really growing market for us at the moment. And that, that part of the region has grown extraordinarily for TAG. And I'd, I'd like to say to all my APAC colleagues, they owe you something for mm-hmm. being one of four that helped set up uh, Shanghai. And I think it's fantastic because obviously I moved from the UK TAG has embraced people moving around. And, you know, what's astonishing to me is I'm seeing this, Kelly, quite a lot, that certainly, you know, from some of the the strength of many of our employees that have moved continents at a whim, you know, leave their families behind or, you know, move with partners. It's just astonishing, really, and it's wonderful to see. And uh, and then what made you go from, so you went from Shanghai to London, London to Shanghai, then from Shanghai, was it back to London or straight to New York? I was in between that six years in between Shanghai and London because I still didn't want to give up. <laughs> so, was it the curry in London? Yes. <laughs> um, but really, just um, I love the culture and then I just feel like I haven't had enough time to enjoy my life in London. But then I feel like you know, I am more maybe suitable for Shanghai. I mean, you know, being big fish in that small tank, in that Shanghai office, there's a lot for me to grow, especially mm. I was just a senior art worker. And then I joined that office, even though I'm from local, I speak the local language, but there's a lot more for me to do. Mm. And then I started our first client, Adidas, and an H&M client, and then all from China, from Shanghai, that was all my first client. And then I had, at some point, I have to decide whether I wanted to stay with the production or I wanted to switch the gear to go really account management. And then I was a big, big things on my head where I should go. And then I asked myself, can I do both? And then the answer well, is no. Well, and selfishly speaking, you know, I want what's best for you, but please never go back to Shanghai. I'm sure that they'd love you. So yes. stay. But I'm going to ask you. Exactly. But I'm going to ask you a very difficult question. So how long have you been in New York now? This is my six years. Six years. Okay. So London or New York? If it's a 2000, the first year, if you ask me this question, the first year I joined New York, I will say London. Right. But now home is now home. But now obviously it's New York, definitely. (laughs) Just New York, no more, even no Shanghai, New York. And where do you live in New York? (laughs) I'm in um, East Harlem right now. Right, okay. It's an up-and-coming area. And uh, tell me about your family. So have you got um, family? Yes, um, I live with my husband and my nine-year-old daughter, Alex. Oh, I've met met Alex. (laughs) And uh, I remember her clearly. So when we celebrated Chinese New Year, I think it was, wasn't it? She came in and did a fabulous dance. So... Was that training from you? Does she go to some sort of school? It was amazing. <laughs> no, I think she is um, a little bit inherited from me, and then uh, I, I love sing, and then she loved to learn Chinese a song with me, and then we always sing together and then dance a little bit together. Um, that was a Jasmine, I remember. I think the the, the song it was yeah. Oh, fantastic! When you were growing up, I've got to be honest. When I traveled China, and obviously I was, I'm fascinated by, as everyone knows, countries, cultures, etc. I do think that we don't talk enough about how artistic Chinese culture is from start to finish. And you know, when you, I remember sitting next to when I was at school, a Chinese lady, and she was writing something, and you just see the artistry around how you write 
is awesome. it's just beautiful to see. And then you think about the music and the dance and the culture. It's a very rich culture that I don't think gets enough exposure. I hope you're very proud of that. Yes, it's true. Um, although Mandarin and Chinese is the most difficult language, everybody's saying that. I'm trying to convince my daughter to continue to learn Chinese, Mandarins, and then um, Chinese calligraphy as well. It's, yeah. um, it's very difficult. I'm not really good at it. But I did have a child dream that becoming a Chinese opera performer. Oh, yeah. um, I just, not because I, I like to hear the opera, but I'm more into the custom. <laughs> Can we get a few lines from you in Chinese opera? <laughs> Can you sing anything? Oh, I can sing normal sound, but definitely not <laughs> opera. <laughs> it's, a, it's amazing. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Thank you. And then, and then what other parts of the culture do you love? What, what is it? The food? Is it the dance? Is it the music? Is it the history? What do you miss about... We talked a bit about when I went to Shanghai and then I went to Qian where the terracotta army was. And the, yeah, I, I'm always astonished at the scale and the history of China. You know, the Great Wall of China, when I walked a bit of it, it was just astonishing. What takes your heart? Um, always food. Food? <laughs> yes. <laughs> For um, someone that's incredibly slim... <laughs> You want to eat a lot, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you will never imagine how much Chinese eat. Um, <laughs> believe it or not, we always order like big table of food. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's um, speaking about Chinese food, I do want to mention that one of our, um, in my hometown, one of the famous snack is a stinky tofu. <laughs> it's called a chou tofu. Stinky tofu? Yes. <laughs> Hang on, stinky or sticky? Stinky, stinky. Like smelly. <laughs> it's very smelly. <laughs> it's a deep fried, a fermented tofu, and then um, deep fried, and then they will add the um, the sauce, like oh. a very spicy sauce. It's uh, super tasty, but it does sound very odd. <laughs> Stinky tofu. Look, I do love enjoying different cultural foods. Maybe not some of the more exotic types of meats that some cultures have. That's not for me. But the traditional stuff, amazing. So that's that's fascinating. So you eat everything then? Not really. I'm not into odd food, strange yeah. food, even my whole whole family. Because it sounds odd, but it's really normal to Chinese. Like um, the thousand-year-old egg. I don't know if oh. you ever heard about it. A lot of people saying it's just terrible. It's, it's not an actual thousand-year-old. It's a terminology, isn't it, for a way you treat? Yes. So it's um, duck egg and then the fermented in the um what it says they see um i forgot the ingredients um but it's um i forgot that yeah. so yeah. yeah no no i can just about go to a quail's egg but uh, <laughs> that's about it for me uh, and so back to your family then so you have your daughter you have your husband the uh, pets Oh, um, pets. So we don't have a pet right now. Um, but we, my daughter, it's, um, extremely wants a pet in that order, cat, dog, and a bunny and mm -hmm. in that order. <laughs> so are you going to relent? Um, maybe one day. I don't know yet. And oh. then also my husband, he wants a trial alpaca. Which oh, what? Is in East Harlem. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's the Harlem, exactly. We might have to wait for that for a while. Well, I, I, if I see any uh, alpacas roaming around Harlem, I know it was your husband <laughs> has lost one. Yes, absolutely. Though, mate, I, I see a few. We live in um, Greenwich, Connecticut. When you go out, there's this quite a bit of land. I've seen some alpaca up that yeah. way. It's actually quite a, a more common pet than you think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 
I mean, as long as you have a backyard, they don't need a huge space. Actually, what does an alpaca give as a pet? That's the thing. I understand bunnies, cats, dogs. What does an alpaca give as a pet? Is it just, you know, are they fun?、Do、I they... think they are gentle animals, <laughs> and then they 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 like all stick together, and、um, and then I think they have a nice fur too. Oh yeah, soft. Yeah, yeah. You can make some nice、uh, some nice cardigans with that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So tell me a bit more about your hobbies. What do you like to do in your spare time? After work, if the usual weekends, I go volunteers. I know you do a lot of volunteering, actually.、Uh, yes, I was thinking that maybe we should start a volunteer committee. Oh, we're、yeah, going yeah, to maybe. Yes, it's on the cards. Cynthia can、yes. can do it in Long Island, and、yeah. I can do New York City. We, we, as you know, we give charity days to, for people to go and do it, but we want to structure、yeah. it more as a as a, a resource group. So you should、yeah. do because I know that I know you've always done that、um, a lot around Manhattan, you know, <laughs> the、yes. Bowery Kitchen, etc. I know that you're fascinated by it, but I'm interested in your swimming and diving. Oh, that's breathtaking! So you chose to become a diver before you could swim. I don't know how that logic works. If I'm honest with you, <laughs> yes, that was one of another challenge being a,、um, learning how to swim as an adult. So、it's、I harder than you.、Yeah. Yes. Um, so yeah, I am a Paddy certified open water scuba diver. Oh my god! And then down to、um, how many feet? It's sixty feet at the That's moment. That's actually pretty deep.、Mm-hmm. It's okay. <laughs> I wanted to becoming advanced open water, so that allows me to descend to one hundred fifteen. That's almost the maximum that you can go, isn't it? Before you. Yes, that's pretty much yes. Just give me the order of this. So you you want what made you want to become a, a free diver, and then you couldn't swim before you wanted to do this. <laughs> yes. So I I was really into it because、um, I I did a little bit of taste of it in the、um, that was actually in Los Angeles. My、right. husband took me, and then we did a, a really just trial in the swimming pool, and then I really liked the being underwater. You really hear, you know, the peaceful. You can never find from anywhere else. All you can hear is the breathing, the bubbling sound around you, and then that's it. And then I just decided I, I really wanted to be certified, and then I can go underwater, under the、wow. sea. And then I realized I have to learn how to swim, and then I needed to be able to swim at two hundred meters. And then yeah, I just have to. Take the swim lesson before I can get certified, but then yeah, in the end I did. It's typical of you, Donna. When you put your mind to anything, you achieve it, don't you? It's I, like learning English before I decided yeah, to no, do、I、the master degree. And then, what have you had any? What's the most、um, interesting or scary experiences you've had free diving? I mean, that, I mean, going down to fifty, sixty feet, you can see a lot down there. But I have to correct you, Ajit. It's not free diving. Oh, sorry. So just scuba diving. diving. Scuba diving. <laughs> free diving is without the tanks. Yeah, exactly. So that's quite different.、Um, yes. So I dive mostly in Asia, Thailand, and then Asia countries, and then also recently in Mexico as well. I've never dived. And then see any sharks, so、wow. that wasn't anything that scared me. But there was one time I dived into underwater wreck airplane.、Um, it was a single seated airplane, and then my dive masters he went inside first. We we knew there was airplane there, and then that, that was our plan. But after he came out, he gave me the signal. I can go into there too, so I just decided to go. And then 
at the moment when I went in, it was really dark because it's not a night dive, and sure. I didn't have a torch. So it was really dark and spooky. I was imagine there will be some shark come out because I've never seen any shark before. And then my heart started pumping so hard. And then I know that I cannot be panicked under the water because you're breathing like <gasps> you run out of air very fast. So I have to remain very steady breathing. And then I felt like the airplane was moving oh and a goodness. little bit and then I was just like I need to get out as soon as possible because <laughs> I don't want to stuck in there because that airplane sits in a sandy slope and then down to 115 feet so I don't want to stuck in there and then slip down there I quickly come out and then that was so scary and then we went back to the surfers. My dive master seems normal, and he didn't mention anything. So I, I asked him, said, did you feel that airplane was moving? And said, no, actually not. It's, it's all normal. <laughs> so I realized it's all in my mind. I, I can, one, I think you're certified to be mad for going into a structure like that. <laughs> Two... I know what you're talking about, about how the, um, the, the mind can do things. And when I tried scuba diving only in a pool, and it wasn't for me because when I was in a pool, and I can get the breathing and the listening to you, and you say it's quite relaxing, I'm okay, I'm mm-hmm. a good swimmer, so I'm fine with doing that sort of stuff. It, my mind couldn't deal with it because all I could hear in my head was the theme tune of Jaws. So I thought, that this isn't for me because if I ever did it in the sea, all I'd be obsessed with is that mm. something's coming for me. <laughs> so you're very brave in doing that. But it's a, Thank you. it's amazing. It's amazing that you can like throwing yourself at that. Are your, is your daughter or husband joining you for this sort of stuff? Uh, my husband actually he did, and then he got certified, but unfortunately he couldn't go down because his ear gets hurt so much, and then he couldn't equalize that much, and then he just decided to not go in. However, Alex, he, she wants to be certified. Wow. And then when she turns 10, which is in October, and then we're going to do it together. She's going to get a use certified open water diver, and then I'm going to get my advanced open water and diver. Where do you go locally from here? I mean, Harlem to Harbour, or do you have to travel? I am planning to travel for sure, because <laughs> here the water is just too cold. I love tropical weather. And dirty as well, you can't see much. <laughs> Exactly. And famous people. Who have you seen from a famous perspective? Famous people. Oh well, that's um. I've I've seen. I've met a few, especially when I was in St. Charles Martins. Yeah. Um, the British fashion designer oh, Stellani, wow. um, uh, Stella McCallany and Paul Jones, and then I watched their speech. And then also a uh, back in Shanghai, I met the famous Olympic gold medal winners, which is the gymnastic Lenin. His name, and then also Lewis Hamilton. Oh wow! <laughs> and is Lewis Hamilton as nice a guy as I think he is? Yes, <laughs> I was. Um, I I wasn't really expecting, and then I went to a Ferrari event, which was in the Key Club. Love that. And then from where I was standing, and then all of a sudden, I just heard the crowd roar behind, and then I saw a whole group of people coming towards to me, and I was like. Wait, wait a moment. Is that Lewis Hamilton? And then I got a chance to shake his hand. Oh, that's great. I do like celebrities that are grounded, that they know that they're there because of their fans. They're quite tolerant. I do think that's the way that it should be rather than believe their own 
you know, um, godlike stuff. And yeah. he, he strikes me as being someone incredibly down to earth. <laughs> so I'm glad that you've not uh, ruined that dream of mine. This is your opportunity now to to ask me any question that you might have. Um, I just I wanted to say that you are fulfilling my child dream oh, here wow. for a moment. Uh, my second child dream was to become a radio host. Oh, of course, in speaking Mandarin, not in English, but <laughs> speaks Mandarin. Yeah, we could try in Mandarin if you like. <laughs> um, well. I, we can say ni hao, xiexiexiexiexiexiexiexiexiexiexiexiexiexiexiexiexiexiexiexiexiexiexiexiexiexiexiexiexiexiexiexiexiexiexiexiexiexiexiexiexiexiexiexiexiexiexiexiexiexi
Join us soon for another episode of Tag Talks Happy Hour with Ajit Kara and learn more about the people behind the job titles at Tag. Thank you.